What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of Pillow Talk with the Casey Crew. Welcome! Yes, and can we just get right into it? Let's get right into it. Surviving R. Kelly. Yes. Now, this docuseries came out over a week ago, mm-hmm. and we actually did two podcasts about it. <laughs> Yes, well, first we binge-watched it. Correct, we binge-watched it. I DVR'd it, and we dedicated six hours plus snack breaks to watch it. Correct. And as soon as the last episode was over, we cracked the mics and we did a podcast. Right. And the problem was we did a podcast, and then I I was kind of hard on Lisa Van Allen. That's one of the girls, if you've seen the docuseries, that's the one that said she had the threesome with the 14-year-old. And we're going to talk to you guys as though... You've already seen it. We're going to take for granted that you watched this already. Absolutely. I mean, everybody, I, I think a majority of people who seen it who listen to the podcast. And if you didn't, go watch it. Right. Richie's mother watched it. Richie Altrano. They don't know who I'm Richie about to tell is. Them, oh, okay. Richie Altrano, who is, is uh, I'll say about a 35 year old white guy. Um. Okay. Yeah, his mom watched it, who I'm sure is a seven year old, a 70 year old white lady. You know, she watched it. You just. It, Assuming people's ages all over the place. Right? I don't know, but she watched the damn thing. I think that all demographics would be interested in the R. Kelly story. Correct. Because his music connected with so many different people. It wasn't just the black community. Black, white, Asian, Spanish, across all boards. We all, I think, at some point loved some of his music absolutely if not all of it but that that's to say that everybody is watching it and, and is into it I mean even if his mom's asked him like what did what did the DJ think that you work with like she was into it but <laughs> yes but the, but the reason we didn't put the podcast out was because every day new information came out and we didn't want to seem like we didn't know the correct information so we said okay let's not put it out because I was mean too mean I was like because I didn't know the right information and then we did another version and then we didn't like that because some more information came out so hopefully all the information came out by now and if not fuck it we're putting this motherfucker out right but our commentary was based on the docuseries and the information that we all saw on the docuseries so as more information came out we didn't want to mislead you we're here to talk about the truth and i'm so sorry but this is maddie calling saying that she's leaving school hey boo boo hey mama hey baby I'm walking to my car now. Okay, sweetie pie. Well, we're taping a podcast, so I can't really chat. Do you need me for anything? Nope. I literally call every single time you're doing it. Because <laughs> we try to do it around the same time. All right, sweetie pie, I love you. Bring me home a juice. Bring me home a juice. Daddy wants a juice. And make sure it's right. Daddy, I forgot my wallet at home. Oh, she forgot her wallet this morning. She doesn't even have her license on her. Oh, yeah. All right, but anyway. All right, baby, love you. Love you, too. Bye, boo-boo. Bye. Bye. All right. So, back to R. Kelly. So now, let's talk about watching the docuseries. Watching that docuseries, you realize how much of an animal and a monster R. Kelly is. Absolutely. And I'm scared to call him an animal and monster because I'm sure that animals and monsters who listen to the podcast will be offended offended (laughs) how we, you know, compared him to R. Kelly. Um, he's evil personified. He's definitely evil personified. Now, I have a problem with a lot of people in that docuseries, especially him. Just the fact that he preyed on young girls and he preyed on them probably for a couple of reasons. One, probably because he he, he can't. It, it's hard. He doesn't read well. 
and he doesn't write well. I'm not going to say he can't. He doesn't do it well. And he probably feels like I can take advantage of this 14, 15, 16 year old. You know, the fact that they know I'm a star and think I'm a star and they wowed by me. I can lure them in and I can basically mine uh, fuck them and make them do what I want them to do to be my personal slave. Because that's pretty much what he did. Yes. So wait, let me ask you this. Are you saying that you think that because of his educational level that he identified more with those girls, high school girls? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I think somebody even said that. I think maybe I don't quote me wrong, but I think maybe one of his brothers might have said that or somebody might have said that in a statement that. He related to them. That he can relate to them. He can have a, a conversation and feel... And not and not sound Stupid dumb. and insecure. So he can right. talk to them and kind of... And that's what he did during that docuseries. He found girls that he knew he could take advantage of. And that's what he did. He, you know, mm-hmm. he found a lot of situations where, you know, their parents allowed the girls to stay with him and come to Chicago. A lot of situations where the girls were insecure and had similar problems as him and he made it relatable and he took full advantage of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and just seeing that scares the shit out of me. It should scare the bleep out of any parents that have young daughters and because there are predators out there that target females and attempt to take advantage of them. So it's something that as parents we should all be on high alert and I try to figure out how, how come nobody whooped his fucking ass. And I'm sorry for cursing, but he pissed me the fuck off. Like, how nobody whipped his ass? Like, Up until this point. And, and, not, right? not, and not only All him, these years. Not only him. Like, his road manager, Demetrius, that was on a documentary that said, yeah, I forged uh, the, the marriage license with him and Aaliyah. And, mm-hmm. and is laughing and joking. What's funny about that? Right. Like what's what what yeah, what he, makes me key key about that? Yeah, there was um there were a few times during the docu series where he chuckled. Right. A bit, Absolutely. As though he found something about what he was saying amusing. Nothing is amusing about that. So Nothing's after funny. all these years, nothing has connected. Nothing at all. And it would be after him admitting that he did something wrong. Correct. So you get it, but you don't really get it, do you? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, it wasn't just him. It was his whole team. Yeah, his security guard, his younger brother and older brother. Anybody that was around him for any period of time could not have gone on saying that they did not know that something was wrong, that they did not know that he was bringing young girls into his vicinity for the purpose of sex. Correct. They had to know. Based on the fact alone that they were with him when he was seeking these girls out. Yeah. And he found girls in all different types of situations. He found girls at the mall. Correct. He found girls at his concerts. Correct. He found a girl at the courthouse. Correct. He, wherever they, he, he would go and stalk high schools. Correct. And target girls there. Like this was his MO and he wasn't by himself. Right. So what you saw him doing really was going to a public place, seeing somebody that was right for the picking, he would make eye contact with them, maybe share a couple of words, pay a compliment, ask a question, basically ignite it so that they knew that he was interested, and then pretty much leave it up to someone on his team to do the dirty work. Yeah, we'll say either all the alleged, go, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Either like go and give, give the girl his telephone number or mm-hmm. follow up right. to make sure that a meeting took place. That's insane. Yes, absolutely. But it's like... 
it's like, let me tell you this. Sometimes I watch the investigation um, discovery channel, the ID, ID channel, mm-hmm. and you'll see a murderer or a rapist, right? Mm-hmm. When you see two come together or three come together and it's like they're a team and they go out and they seek their victims, I always wonder to myself, how do you get three demented people, demented to this level, that are capable of doing such damage together? Right. How do they find each other? How do they come together? So in this situation, how do you have him, his road manager, the people that work at the studio, whatever assistants he had, whatever cook chefs, whatever, all the people around him that saw this going down, how did everybody pretty much decide that it was okay enough not to say something, not to make mention of it, not to go to the authorities, not to make an anonymous phone call, not even an anonymous phone call? Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's what I don't understand. Bananas. Everybody around him was complicit in what went down around him. Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't understand, and 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 not only that, and I don't want to be, I don't want a victim blame. I don't want you people, to, I don't want anybody to say, oh, you you're victim blaming. Victim blame. No, it was R. Kelly. He's a monster. He's an animal. We get that. But what I don't understand as well is how do some of those parents, knowing R. Kelly's history, allow their kids to be with him? What do you mean? Okay, for instance, if you've seen a documentary, you've seen a couple of times like R. Kelly's picking people out on, you know, they go to a concert. Well, that was it was one concert one that concert, we saw on the docuseries. Right, and R. Kelly picks... Uh, girls out from, girls the from the audience to come on stage there and is, partake. There is no way in hell I'm going to let my 14-year-old or 15-year-old go I on stage with R. Kelly. she was a little bit older. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that she might have been 17 at the time. My 17-year-old daughter is not going on stage with R. Kelly. They were, again, if I'm not mistaken, no. they were invited beforehand for some reason. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. It was his birthday. And they went, but didn't we hear something like they were invited beforehand? No, I, I heard a so. little something about that that wasn't included in the docu series, but I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it was a rumor. So but no, I don't know. But whichever way, from the docu series, they went to a concert, and allegedly the girl didn't even know much R. Kelly music. Right. She picked. He picked a couple of girls. She was one of them, and after they went backstage and they mm-hmm. said that she, they were backstage for a while right. she, he, the parents went to the side of the stage and waited for their daughter there's no way R. Kelly's gonna take my daughter on stage mm-hmm. there's nobody there's no way no fucking artist is gonna take my daughter on stage especially because they were from his generation right. so they know what he's made up of nah. they know what his show is kind of like nobody's taking my daughter and then that's that family and then and then the other family who, you know, R. Kelly said, yeah, I'm going to mentor your daughter. And, and they thought they were doing like, oh, no. All right. Well, if R. Kelly's there, then somebody has to be there. That's and then, the same family. That was a different family, I thought. No, that's the same family. The girl that was brought up on stage mm-hmm. wound up with his telephone number, left. There was a communication. Oh, she was under the 16. She was 16. She was younger. She was like 15, 16. She was young. Because remember, R. Kelly was doing that until she turned 18. Yeah, she was definitely young. And I think she was... I mean, I could be wrong, but I think she was 17. I don't give a fuck. And he waited for her 18th birthday. Yeah, no, there's no way. Regardless, 16, 17, whatever. I don't know how long he waited and Uh attempted to groom her. But whichever way, he brought her on stage. She got his telephone number. She called. I don't know if there was any other communication between the parents and him. But long story short, she ended up at his hotel. Right. In his room. Correct. The parents found out. They went to go to the hotel to look for her. 
The hotel manager said there is no R. Kelly here. They insisted that there was an underage girl up there. They were basically like, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> let, let me go find him. And then come to find out she was there, quote unquote, interviewing for R. Kelly. Correct. So she came down and then, you know, there was an outburst. Oh, my gosh, you could have ruined my chances. What are you doing here? You're ruining right. everything. Absolutely. Like most teenage girls probably would have reacted. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So... They said, okay, maybe we had it wrong. And I think that in their mind, they were going to allow him to mentor her, but under their guidance. Correct. There's no way. There's no way. First of all, I feel like doing a deal with R. Kelly is doing a deal with the devil. How bad do you want to be famous? Exactly. You know, and then they they tried. And of course, they probably worked. So they couldn't be there all the time. So they got the older sister to go. And no disrespect to to the older sister. To another city. Another right? city with yeah. the younger city. With the, with the younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no way that an older sister, female, can protect her with all security around, with every... And she can't. There's no possible way. She's not an adult. She needed... An, if, if that was the case, she needed an adult to be there to supervise and anything. There is no way in hell anybody is going anywhere with my daughter or my son, matter of fact. Right. Matter of fact, when our son goes out of town for anything, if you're not there... I'm not there. If I'm not there and you're not there, my father's there. Mm-hmm. If my father's not there and you're not there and I'm not there, uh, we have a guardian, an adult guardian there. Right. And if that adult guardian is there, you know what? Logan's not going. Exactly. Hey, okay, well, Logan, I'm sorry. You're not going. Deal with it. And if I find and I catch you behind my back calling this grown-ass man, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I mean... I'm going to put hands it's on It's the you. truth. It's the truth. Like, it's the truth. Like, none of that is going down. No. Where my child feels as though it's okay to disobey me. Correct. There has to be a relationship put into place when it comes to parent-child relationships. Right. You know, there has to be an understanding. And don't get me wrong. You can be the best parent. And you're you can have a child that rebels. I find that we're lucky with Madison and Logan that they communicate with us. Correct. We are close. We all talk several times a day. They constantly call. They constantly text. They come home. They jump in our bed. You know, we talk about the day. We're close. Other families that may not be their household cultures. Uh-huh. They may not have the ability to do it because of the family dynamic. It can be because it can be a single family, I mean, a single parent household. Mm-hmm. You can have a mother that works incessantly and doesn't have the ability or the wherewithal to have that type of relationship with their child. Right. And sometimes you find that kids slip through the cracks Correct. because of that. Or like I was about to say, you can have a child that is rebellious. Mm-hmm. You can have a child that's slippery. You can have a child that lies. You know, we have three younger children. I have no idea what kind of young adults they're going to grow up to be. I know what my intention is. I know that my parenting is intact. I know what I'm raising. I know what I'm hoping for. Mm -hmm. I know what path I've put them on. But despite all of the great parenting that some of us parents do, Kids might just have a personality that doesn't mesh with that. No, absolutely. It could be genes. It could be other outside influences that parents don't have control over. So 
you have to take all of these things into consideration, like the girl that he met at the courthouse. Absolutely. Look at what happened with her. No. He saw her, had little mini conversations with her. In that moment, she was in his clutches and they began a relationship. She was infatuated and it took off from there. But she was lying to her mother. Right. She was cutting school right. to go to the trial because she was just taken aback by the whole situation. I think she was, um, I, like it was sensational to her. So she was cutting she, school and all she that? She wanted to be there. So you can't blame the mother. Mm-hmm. This was a child that was being defiant in order to get what she wanted. Back in the day... All you had to do was write an absence letter. Right. She might have forged her parents' signature and said, all right, well, you know, so-and-so was sick that day. Right. And then she ended up at the trial. You know, but I'd be lying if in some of the instances that we saw, if I said that I didn't question some of the parenting. Absolutely. In that situation, I understood. But some of the other situations kind of made me wonder because I can't see a situation where my child is away from me so much regardless of work or whatever is pulling me in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. where I don't know where they are in a cluster of hours right I can't imagine three or four hours going by and me not knowing where my child is if you're supposed to be in school, I know where you are from, say, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. At a certain time, you're supposed to be home. If you're going to your friend's house, I should know. I should know the address of your friend. I should know the telephone number. I should know the mother's telephone number. Right. I should know what time you're coming home from that. If you're going back out, I should know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is a simple little phone call. So even if you're at work, that's not really an excuse. People look at teenagers and they say, all right, well, they're grown. Let them go be free. Yeah, no, Um, they can be free, but I need to be informed and my permission needs to be given. You can't just go and do what you want Absolutely. as you feel because it's a cold, cold world out there and things happen. And what the problem is, all of us at some point, I feel, have felt, okay, no, no, not me. Right. It can't happen to me. That happens to other people. That happens to people on TV. That happens to people on the ID channel. Right. But I'm here to tell you that Things can happen to you. Absolutely. And things can happen to your children. So it's important for me. I always think worst case scenario. And I know that, you know, our kids probably think like, gosh, mommy's a little pessimistic. Mm-hmm. But I always think worst case scenario. And I parent from that set of lenses, not from eh, what's the likelihood. Right. To me, it's all the likelihood in the world. And that's how I feel. So I think that some of these parents pretty much. Let their children have a little bit more freedom. And these kids were in a position where they could be at his home for hours or a day and not coming back until the evening and then possibly lying. And you're dealing with girls with young minds and girls with young brains and girls who's who've been brainwashed. Right. And they've been systematically conditioned to see him in a certain way and to believe certain things and their whole outlook on relationships were warped right because at such a young age you don't have a reference point 
Right. They didn't have a reference point. So this, for many of them, was probably like their first introduction into male-female relationships. Correct. And if you have a bad teacher, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe this is okay. Maybe this is normal. Maybe this is right. right. Maybe this is what should be expected of me. Maybe this is what I should be doing. And they have no one to tell them the contrary because now your bad teacher is telling you, you can't tell anybody. Right. You can't tell your parents. And grooming them where they're looking at their parents as the enemy. Correct. And it's systematic. It happens over time. Right. It's not as though it just happened in an instant. It happened over time. So it's not as though he threw them into the house and locked them in the room and said, all right, your bucket's in the corner. Allegedly, right. Yeah, no. It's not as though it happened immediately. What he did was he flattered them at first. Allegedly. And these girls, or most of them, it seemed as though were girls with a dream. Girls who had a talent and they saw themselves as a star at uh-huh. some point. Mm-hmm. He pays them a compliment. He arranges to see them. He's a fan of whatever it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there like, oh my gosh. He thinks I'm talented. He believes in me. He said I can be a star. He thinks I can sing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Little old me. He arranges to see them again. The next time he goes to, they go to his house, they go to his hotel room. Now, maybe second time, maybe third time, whatever, he shows a sexual interest in them. Correct. Then it's like, wow, he thinks I'm beautiful. He thinks I'm sexy. Of all the girls in the world, he can have anyone he wants but he's choosing me wow i must be special so you combine that with a girl that may not know how to say no mm-hmm. or just plain and simply doesn't want to say no correct you see what i mean absolutely and he takes advantage of that and he's teaching them what to do how to do it how to please them and then basically allegedly it's like he pets them on the head mm-hmm. so they feel as though they did something good. Wow, I did it right. I made him happy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then it goes on from there. Then he probably sits them down and then shares a little bit with them, talks to them, gives them a little bit of insight to who he is in his childhood and how he was raised. Mm-hmm. And basically is like, you know what? When I was younger... I was molested. Someone touches me. So now they feel as though they've gained his trust. Correct. Another accomplishment Mm -hmm. in their minds. And it just grows from there. Wow. Of all the people in the world that he could be sharing his vulnerabilities with, he's sharing it with me. Right. So it's systematic. It's little dose after little dose after little dose where they feel as though they are someone special in his life. And little by little, they don't want to disappoint him. Right. And that's how I believe that these girls were becoming undone. Absolutely. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. But, you know, it's past that. And and I'm tired of talking about this and tired of seeing it. It's more than just a docuseries, right? They're like, there's so many other things that came out after the docuseries. So, are you done talking about the docuseries? Anything else that you want to else talk about the docuseries? Because anything that that we missed, cause, I mean, we missed. We, we didn't talk about a lot of things. It was six I mean, parts. People but. seen it, so it's it, they get what we're saying. But mm-hmm. it's other than that, because I'm sure people seen the docu series, and if you haven't, go see it. Like, you know, they decided to protest 
outside the building, outside the studio, where they thought that the girls were. They had a protest there the other day. When? Okay. And allegedly, you know what he did? What? He opened up the music. He opened up the windows mm-hmm. and played his music, blasted his music out the windows as the people were out there protesting. Like, why was he in the studio? He's still putting out music. Yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> why is he actively in the studio? But like a fuck you, like, oh y'all out there protesting? I'm gonna play the music louder, like uh-huh. that type of shit. And they yeah. said that he had his people allegedly, you know, uh, on the other side of the street in their cars, flashing lights, trying to intimidate the people that were protesting. Mm-hmm. You know, those are some of the things that he's still doing. You know, uh, the day after. The docuseries came out. Mm-hmm. He went to the club in Chicago and was performing and singing. Like, basically, like, I'm untouchable. Fuck y'all. I'm in the club. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? And girls were in the club talking about, take me hostage. Take me hostage. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he feels like he's untouchable. You know? His lawyer re- did an interview and said, um, uh, R. Kelly had no idea that Aaliyah was underage when mm-hmm. he married her. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know her age. He didn't know she was 14, huh? He didn't know her age. Right. Like, that's what his lawyer right, said. Right, because we're all stupid. Right. And, and and we didn't know that Aaliyah was 14 when she was 14. I mean, here you have a girl that doesn't look a day older than that, wearing saggy jeans, saggy sweatpants, sports bras, oversized button-down um, shirts, uh-huh. skull caps. She had a patch over one eye at one point during the um, one in a million. Like the girl, she, she had no form of a voluptuous body whatsoever. She looked her age. Yet he, a grown man who seasoned in young girls, had allegedly had no idea. See, but not, but not only that, they pulled up an interview today where he was like. Yeah, I'm so excited to working with this. I'm working with this new girl. Her name is Aaliyah. She's 14 years old. Of course. She has style. Like, surprise, surprise. The interview came out where he said that. Yes. So, his lawyer's a dumbass. The attorney for just that. said that you didn't. Because he, he probably told He should have never fixed his mouth to say that. He, he probably told his when attorney that, didn't. When that notion came into his mind, he should have been like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> right. It's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, to, to say, because I don't want to spend this whole podcast, this whole episode talking about R. Kelly, but just to say how much of a creep and criminal he was and how, you know, they're, they're still trying to bring up charges now. And the sad thing about it is Somebody needs to charge him for spreading herpes. Yeah. Allegedly. We say allegedly. But, you know, there's still parents that poor out there. girl. Can you imagine? What? The girl that contracted herpes from yeah, him. Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> but, you know, there's still parents out there that don't have their kids. That had, Like, there's one girl, the last name Savage, they said they don't even know if their daughter's alive. They haven't seen their daughter in two years. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. you know, and Their it, daughters and it, are, are young women now, though. Yeah, right? Yeah, young, that's young why, women. That's why they can't do anything. But that's why they have no control over the situation. They can do because... a welfare check where they can check on the welfare and make sure that she's okay. But they don't even know if she's alive. The other girl, they don't even know if they're alive. They don't even speak to their parents. Right. And these girls, like I said, they're of age now. I don't know if all of them, but the one that we're, the ones that we're speaking of specifically, they're of age, but they won't leave. Right. And I think it's because they're suffering from Stockholm syndrome. Right. Stockholm syndrome is when a hostage, and I'll call them hostages, mm-hmm. um, and you, you all understand what I mean by calling them hostages, where the hostage identifies with their abuser. Correct. Where they humanize them Mm -hmm. and regardless of whatever pain is being inflicted upon the victim 
the victim will continue to defend them and not hold them accountable. And I think that it's because of the grooming that takes place over time. The term comes from a bank that was robbed in Stockholm, Sweden, I think in the 1970s. And there were four hostages taken. And when they were released or rescued, however they became free... They defended their abusers and refused to press charges or partake in any type of prosecution whatsoever. And it's kind of um, paradoxical in a sense. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't make any sense. It's, a, it's absurd and it's contradictory, mm-hmm. but it's a function of the mind. It's kind of like if I punch you in the, if I'm, if I'm your, if you're my husband uh-huh. and you punch me in the face. Uh-huh. And then you run to the refrigerator and get me ice. Mm -hmm. So to me, it might be confusing. If he wants to hurt me, why would he help me? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. As a victim, you might think to yourself, wow, maybe he just acted out of stress or maybe he couldn't control his emotions or maybe it was an accident. It'll never happen again. Here he is trying to help me mm-hmm. and he apologizes. But in a sense, you taking him back or accepting that is almost as an, an invitation for him to do it again. Right. But that's a little bit of the grooming factor. You you do something to someone and then you help them. So in that attempt to help, it humanizes you. Correct. And then they can kind of identify with you and that value of yours helping them. Right. So that's kind of how it works. And I think that that's why the vast majority of these girls have decided to stay. Right. They don't realize what's happening. Yeah. It really is a brainwash. It, it is a brainwash. And I, I hope these girls get justice. I hope R. Kelly gets locked up. I hope his team members get locked up and... I hope the, I hope those parents get their kids back. I really do. All right. I'm done talking about R. Kelly. Do you want to talk about R. Kelly anymore? I'm done talking about R. Kelly yeah. as well. I hope he stumps his big toe and has to go into the hospital. No, but seriously, he needs to be put down like a dog. That's how I feel okay. about him. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Because I don't believe that it's the type of uh, dysfunction that he can outgrow. I think that when people have this type of affection towards young girls or this type of interest towards young girls, I don't think that it's something that you can grow out of. Mm -hmm. I think that it's inherent in your personality. And some people might have the wherewithal to control it, but he's proven over and over and over again that he doesn't have any control and I don't think that he wants to get better. So I think that he either needs to be locked up or he needs to drop dead. Right. I agree with you. All I mean, right. So moving on. All right. Now, um, Wendy Williams. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Wendy Williams. Yeah. So um, I just want to talk about Wendy Williams a little bit because she's all over the news. Now, Wendy Williams and her husband are allegedly going through it right now. He allegedly uh, cheated on her and had a mistress and they had uh, allegedly a house and a condo together. But but that's not the reason I wanted to, to, to discuss their their issues. The reason I wanted to discuss their issues, I wanted to ask, what do you think? Now, Wendy Williams hasn't released a statement. It hasn't said anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's crazy. Wait a minute. She did say something on her show Very some minor. time ago. Very minor. It was just like, uh, everything's good at the 
the Williams back household. Back at the ranch, basically. Back at the ranch, yeah, something like that. But, you know, which is crazy is when... But she acknowledged something. She acknowledged that something was going on. No, she just said everything is... She made it seem like it was a, a, a money ploy. Like, they were trying to get them for money, like an extortion type of ploy, mm-hmm. I would say allegedly. But the reason I say um, it's kind of crazy is because... Can we just put an allegedly over this whole thing so we don't have to say it after every sentence? I'm going to say it after every sentence anyway. That's just what I do. Okay. Um, which I think is crazy is that Wendy Williams will talk about everybody's business. Mm-hmm. The ins and out of everybody's relationship. But mercilessly. Right. That's the thing. But then when it comes to herself, nothing crickets see that's the thing i watch her show and i know time to time before you go to and i know because i talk about everybody's life right mm-hmm. and i talk about things that go on other people's relationships so when something goes on in our life mm-hmm. i have to talk about it yes you do and, and there's nothing that went on in our life that i have never discussed right nothing that i've never talked about mm-hmm. if something went on we talked about it. Yes. And if I didn't talk about it here, I talked about it on The Breakfast Club because, you know, you can't talk about things and talk about other people. And when the shit happens in your own house, you don't say nothing. It can seem hypocritical. It does. It can absolutely seem hypocritical. Um, and thank God you're married to someone who isn't necessarily a private person. Correct. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's okay with me as well. Um, uh, but you can kind of um, create an argument. I don't agree with this argument, but Mm -hmm. I think that there are probably people out there that will say that that's what she does as a profession. Uh That's what she does for a living. It doesn't mean that she has to include herself in her commentary. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Logically, I do understand, but I think it's a bad choice because... It'll force people to see you as a hypocrite. Right. In a sense. Um, Like I was saying, I watch her show from time to time and she's merciless when it comes to her thoughts, feelings and opinions of other people's lives. And sometimes I think that it's distasteful. Right. Um, There are times where I might think that it's funny, Mm -hmm. might be a little amusing. Um, And I know that she does it at least in part because it's entertainment. Okay. So I get all of that, but more often than not, I think that it's not funny. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just think that it's pure mean Mm -hmm. and it may cause me to change the channel. Right. Um, Because I don't always like to support, well, I don't ever like to support that, but I don't always like to watch her show because of that reason. Mm -hmm. So when something happens in her own personal life and it's making such a big splash. I think at the very least it should be addressed because you are a public person and you talk about everybody else's business right. for a living. Mm-hmm. So, um, but isn't she on hiatus right now? See, I haven't tuned in. Well, the show was supposed to come, it was supposed to be back two weeks ago and then um, they said there was a problem. It, it hasn't come back and now they have guest hosts, I believe this week starting today oh. and she's supposed to come back Monday. Obviously, she's going through some problems, going through some things. They're trying to figure it out but my whole thing is, was what, what is what's, the, what's the, the thing? Was good for the goose, good for the gander? Absolutely. Something like that. Yes, that's it. But I think she should be able to talk about what's going on in her life like she talks about everybody else's Are you life. suggesting that she is pushing back her return because of new information that's come out? No, I think she's fucked up. 
I think whatever's going on I in her life. I thought she like broke her wrist, and is this her normal hiatus time? You don't need your wrist to talk. I think I'm she, just asking you. I think she's. Oh, that's what. She, okay, she I said think she's that she was in up. pain because she's on pain meds for the first time in her life since her cosmetic surgery years and years and years ago. So I think I took from it that maybe the pain meds was just having an effect on her, maybe making her a little bit loopy where she couldn't be as consistent as she would like to be mm-hmm. on her show. I think I read some type of statement that she made about that. Right. I don't think I don't think it's that. I honestly think it's the fact that she's fucked up. Like if you go through some shit like, you know, there was a time when I was fucked up and I couldn't work. I, I honestly could not concentrate on work. Mm-hmm. I could not read a teleprompter. I could not because the only thing I was focusing on was you and my and our family. Mm-hmm. I could not work. There was, there's nothing that you could do. You could put a mic in my motherfucking hand. You could put a TV camera on right. me. I could not work. And I think she's at that point right now. And she just needs to take some time and, and get herself together. Maybe I I would find it very hard to believe that she would come back and not address the rumors. I I bet you she doesn't. Let's take a bet. You bet bet she doesn't? I I bet bet she she does. I'm I'm not saying in a very big way, but I think that she could not go on not making mention of the fact that she's been in the media and it's such a heavy topic. Okay, let's bet. You're sticking your pinky out to me right now. First show she has to talk about it. If she doesn't, you got to lick my nipples for 30 seconds straight. You have to clip those hairs on your nipples. Yeah. I mean, the hairs on your nipples, I can floss with. Girl. You do a little bit of grooming, and then I can no, partake gotta, in this bed. You got to lick my nipples for 30 seconds straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. I don't I'm need a demonstration. Slow. I know how to do it. Thank you. All right. Well, it's time to get up out of here. Okay. All right. Well, last pillow talk. We just wanted to get back into the swing of things. And like I said, it won't be every Monday, but it will be every week where we talk about what's going on. And if something pops off big, we're going to talk about it. All right. Can I hold you to that? Yes. Can I pinky bet you? Yes. And if you don't do it, are you going to lick my nipple for 30 seconds straight? I got no hair. You got to floss. You got to cut the hair off your, your nipple. I just said I have no hair. I seen one. Just stop lying. Right. I'll show you right now. Ooh. All right. I definitely got to get out of here. We're about to get some. All right, guys. I'll see y'all later. I'm DJ MV. And I am Gia Casey. And that was another edition of Pillow Talk with the Casey Crew. Toodles. 